From time to time, ingenious people sit in the laboratory and discover new technology, find new insights about how the world works or how to improve the status quo. But how to turn that into practice? There might be plenty of possible applications in multiple markets. You cannot start with everything at the same time. How do you evaluate these options? How do you make a choice? In this episode, Uni, co-founder of Mujo Labs, shares her story about leveraging the benefits of algae to provide biodegradable packaging materials. My name is Patrick Hübscher and this is Circularity FM, the podcast about understanding, building and managing circular business models. She is a designer and illustrator and studied product design and textile design. Her illustrations come with a touch of humor and lightness. Working in the fields of material innovation, circularity and conceptual design, she co-founded Mujo Labs, a material innovation startup. In its early phase, Mujo Labs already won the Make Tomorrow New Award of the famous Online Marketing Rockstars Festival. Welcome, Juni. Thank you very much for the invitation, Patrick. You're in the packaging industry, and I wonder, uh, on a personal side, how much plastic did you personally throw away in your life? What do you guess? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I only know the worldwide numbers <laughs> right now. Um, do you know it? Do you have the average? No? no? Okay. But we are currently, the team um, is on a mission that we, we do the one week plastic free. Mm -hmm. And it's quite hard. I just went to the supermarket and I wanted to eat something with my um, uh, pumpkin. And I only found pesto. That's all. And I really wanted to eat cheese, but I couldn't find any cheese without plastic. So I guess I produce a lot of plastic waste. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about what you do with Mujo? Yes. So Mujo, uh, we are a yeah fresh startup from Berlin and we develop seaweed-based packaging materials for quick biodegradation. So we want to replace plastics, single-use plastics with our material. And how do you do that? We take seaweed. Um, Seaweed is a really interesting resource because it grows in the ocean, so it grows worldwide and it doesn't acquire farmland or additional water. Plus, it cleans the ocean water and produces a lot of CO2. Um, it produces, I think it produces 20 times faster CO2 than trees, for example. Oh, wow. And it grows really quickly. Um, so these are the advantages of the resource. And we take the biopolymer um, from the seaweed and um, yeah, produce packaging materials out of that. And our first product will be a packaging foil, which protects the product along its shelf life and biodegrades on the compost, but also uh, on land or in the ocean. Okay. And how do you discover, how did you discover the power of seaweed in the first place? We discovered 
the power of seaweed uh, during our studies. So I studied textile design and I just was impressed by the high potential of um, the seaweed and started to experiment with this material um, and tried different things. And then I met Anne in uh, the Technical University for yeah, technical support and she uh, was in her master's and she was really interested in biopolymers and solving the plastic problem and um, yeah, that's how we started to experiment with the material. So just that I get it right, uh, actually it's a mixture of curiosity to see what uh, what is possible with uh, having a problem, uh, which is plastics, and trying to solve them. And uh, the two of you basically met a problem and solution fit, so to say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then how long did it take to, let's say, uh, bring it together and really uh, also see that it could be a possible solution? Or was that clear from the very beginning? Actually, we started to develop a yarn, which should re replace plastic yarns. But then we found out that um, the yarn or the, the polymer itself would dissolve um, during the washing process. Mm -hmm. And then we asked ourselves, how can we use these properties of the material that it, yeah, dissolves really, really quickly? In which market can we use that? And um, then we saw the problem of plastic packaging and that packaging lasts only a couple of weeks, but the material lasts forever. And that this is a mismatch where we could fit with the material properties. I mean, that right now sounds so super easy, so super straightforward. But uh, so you have a material, you wanted to use it as a yarn, you realized, ah, maybe not not such a good idea, at, at least if you want to have long lasting clothes <laughs> or, or textiles. Um, and then did you did you do a, any, let's say, conscious analysis, brainstorming on uh, how to use the material? Uh, instead, or was it a bit more by accident? Can can you tell us more about this process of ideation, finding a different application? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think you never stop to ideate. <laughs> it's always an iterative uh, process. But um, of course, we did a lot of a lot of market research. We also found out that this um, foil, for example, um, was already produced in. 1936 something like that in uk so it's not a new technology but then the fossil-based plastics came and it never had a chance and now um we have another situation with the regulations with the plastic pollution and so on um and in order to find out where it fits the best a lot of interviews with different stakeholders, um, finding out where's the market need and really digging deep into the pains and the gains and why these materials doesn't don't exist on the market yet. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a long, long process. And I think, yeah, it just needs a lot of time and also uh, time of um, R&D and a lot of money. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, it sounds quite easy, but the process is um, really complicated. And I think, yeah, it is still iterative. And let's see where we like will end up. <laughs> uh, you mean the the process is pretty long? So I understood that you made a selection, you focused on uh, uh, one area, and how long uh, did it take you to get to that decision? Mm, I think it took us a couple of months. So we had a scholarship, startup scholarship, and in that time we just conducted interviews and um, did a lot of market research, statistics, data. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What helped you to determine the direction of the interviews or the selection of the uh, interview partners? Because I I imagine it's a unknown fields and you don't know where you end up so how do you start if you don't know where you will end up so first of all we started with a question why does these materials don't exist on the market mm. because the resource is there it's not a rocket science <laughs> um and we started to to talk with all the stakeholders and the first one we talked to um were the disposers basically so the composting plants and we found out they're not interested in bioplastics and biodegradable plastics in their facilities so this is one reason why these materials don't exist because there's no disposal infrastructure for these materials mm -hmm. right now in germany mm -hmm. so this is one reason okay how can we solve this problem we need to work together with them and build win-win relationships with these disposers. so how should we design the product in order that they are interested in having it in their composting plant mm -hmm. and then we we looked into different um markets i mean packaging is so diverse um we looked where's the most uh impact uh also what can we wrap with our material um the easiest so mm -hmm. what are the barrier property needs for these products um, we looked into, for example, the natural cosmetic area because there we saw the, the fit that, for example, Veleda, they have a lot of high quality natural products mm -hmm. and a packaging which is as well sustainable would fit very good. And we just wrote these people and talked to them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As simple as that. And what are the main criteria you used to determine what might be a good field of application? I think it's a mixture of overlapping areas of how can we use the properties of the material the best. Mm -hmm. So where can we start as a lower hanging fruit? So we don't want to wrap a product or start with a product which has, I don't know, two years shelf life and mm. um, needs a lot of different, like chips, for example. This is not possible for us mm. uh, in the first place. <clears throat> and of course, yeah, where's the uh, pain, which customers have pain and how can we solve that pain with our material? Also, is it bad, is our material or our solution better than, for example, reuse solutions? Mm -hmm. Um, so life cycle analysis is also important. Is it the best solution? And then one thing is, of course, because the material is 
more expensive than plastic, that the willingness to pay is also there. And then uh, also things like market size, volume, or, or is that secondary? Of course, yeah. So this, this is what I mean with impact. Where can we have uh, a big impact to reduce plastic waste? Right. You mentioned life cycle analysis. So you, you actually also did LCA on various options. We are right now in a process of conducting the first LCA. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time because we need to collect all the data from the different stakeholders and so on. But I think in a couple of weeks it should be done. Okay. Yeah. Is it clear for you? Is there a clear winner? Or did you then also at the end have to make decisions about what's the most attractive application to start with? I, I just have a sentence in my mind from Steve Jobs who said, a focus and innovation is saying no to 1000 good ideas yeah. <laughs> and i think he's he's right <laughs> because otherwise you can't you don't do anything um so of course you need to focus and this is also what we want to do we want to focus on one first product we also have yarns still in our minds we have nets for example we can also do nets we can also do rigid packaging but right now we focus on one foil with properties we want to reach and then we can wrap different products and then we continue. And um, this focus is really important, but also the um, ability or that you are aware when it doesn't fit anymore, you know, that, that you can adjust and say, okay, maybe that direction wasn't the right one. And now we need to go in, in, another, in another direction. And do you have any structured rhythm to review your status and open questions and or, or do you set yourself milestones where you say we want to reach this result by then and if not we will check out a different application mm, yeah i mean we have a clear r d plan we have also clear milestones in the product development Coming back to the uh, SCA, which is, uh, I think, in particular interesting if you're in the uh, circular field and also when it comes to impact a startup that you not only consider the economic potential and risk, but also the environmental uh, aspect. And uh, you mentioned you have to put in a lot of data to do this life cycle analysis. What do you do with the data points you don't know yet? Yeah, that's a good question. We put in assumptions. Yeah. And we see how it influences the whole process and the whole ACA. Because we are also still in the development of the process in order to produce the material. Right. And so we can see, okay, where are the hotspots and where do we need to reduce actually the CO2 emissions and so on. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a tool which we use during the product development. Mm-hmm. The tricky part with assumptions is they can make or break the case. Yeah, They can make what? Make or break the case. So if the SCA will be positive or, or negative. As a founder, you might be inclined to uh, look at the bright side of life or at the bright side of your founding idea. Um, how do you balance this, let's say, risk but also opportunity when it comes to defining these assumptions so how do you come up with reasonable adequate assumptions in a field you don't know 
Mm, I don't know. Like, mm. I mean, it's a question if you're honest to yourself or not, right? Mm. I didn't think about that question in particular because um, I always want to be honest and um, I hope that we always will be. <laughs> I don't have a, yeah, it's it's hard. Is it possible for you to give an example of one, let's say, um, parameter where you had to, had to take an assumption and then you you would assume you will find out over the course of the next years? Yeah, for example, um, during the seaweed harvest, I also have to say that I'm not the one who is um, doing this. It's my co-founder, Anna. Yes. <laughs> She's the scientist. <laughs> But for example, if we collect the data from... Um, the seaweed cultivation and they are saying okay right now we are go coming with small boats really often to the seaweed looking uh -huh, but later on in the process if we scale up it will be more efficient for example mm -hmm. then it will change over time and we need to take in yeah use assumptions or in our process um we don't have the final recipe, for example. So mm -hmm. how much water is inside of the recipe, for example, mm -hmm. yeah, can change and vary. And um, this is why, yeah, we use right now assumptions, but we can still put in um, different data right. uh, later on. Yeah. yeah. Do you see that the results of this life cycle assessment are of interest for possible clients? Definitely, yeah. We often get these questions also. Yeah, is it, for example, is it um, more sustainable than paper is often mm -hmm. a question or uh, in comparison to other bioplastics, for example, cellulose-based plastics. Um, and also investors are really interested in these data. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, if you build your product on that promise, people want to see the proof there. Coming back to the overall topic of selecting a field of application for a technology you basically rediscovered, do you think there are any shortcuts in the process? I think what I would do faster would be that the hypothesis you yeah, develop, for example, these market pains are there, mm -hmm. that you are uh, yeah, more quick in, in finding out if it's the right hypothesis so um i would always conduct more interviews and in order to be faster but it's also a lot of yeah it's about experimenting and also being yeah curious and see what happens and then you stumble upon something which you never expect you know so it's a mixture of being really structured but then also being open for experiments and Yeah, what happens beside mm -hmm. what you expected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And now if you look ahead, who is the ideal customer of your product you're developing right now? I don't have one special perfect partner in my mind, but someone where we can work really closely together in a mm -hmm. good relationship where we can build a circular ecosystem where the product really circulates, where we can have... A good impact where our solution is the best solution compared to other sustainable packaging solutions and also maybe a product which 
needs a packaging. You know, there are also products like lemons or something like that. They don't need another packaging. Mm -hmm. So something where the packaging is really necessary and uh, where we can, for example, also extend the shelf life of the product. Mm -hmm. This would be an ideal partner. Yeah. So if this sounds like you, dear listener, then reach out to Juni <laughs> and thanks for sharing your learnings so far. Good luck with the next steps and bringing the product to the market. Thank you very much, Patrick. <laughs> It was a pleasure. In this episode, we learned how Mujo Labs found the first application for a material innovation. The next episode will be about partnership and collaboration. Until then, please don't forget The most abundant renewable resource is your imagination. My name is Patrick Hübscher and this is Circularity FM, the podcast about understanding, building and managing circular business models. 